welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. So hey, welcome to the Zephyr Sessions. It's great to be back here again. This week, I'm joined by Ben Filong of Mantis, which is part of Reach Solutions. Great to have you on, Ben. Thanks, Scott. If you could just give me a quicker introduction to your 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 name, your role, the company you work for, that'll be great. So I'm uh, Ben Filong. I'm the general manager of Mantis. Mantis is a brand safety and semantic product that Reach, the um, publishing group, has built in partnership with IBM Watson. IBM Watson is IBM's uh, natural language AI. Uh, and we use that to read a piece of text, editorial text, journalism, um, across uh, news and magazine publishers in the UK, and use that technology to decide uh, whether a piece of content is brand suitable or safe for an advertiser to appear next to. Nice, nice. Um, so, what is okay? So, I'm going to uh, I'm going to call this out, and we're going to go simple turn. Okay. So, what is brand safety? So, um, if we go back a few years, um, there was uh, an expose uh, in one of the um, big newspaper groups that revealed that uh, advertisers were funding um, terrorism and crime and appearing next to. Um, hate speech on YouTube, uh, and a whole lot of really nasty content, um, both on newspaper sites and across the, the what we call the long tail of the web. Um, and this caused a, a huge upset. Uh, and because, of course, brands were advertising on, on these kind of long tail sites, they weren't really sure where their ads were appearing. And it, they were cropping up next to um, Islamic beheading videos and terrorism content and a whole lot of other illegal content and all this money from advertising was going into the hands of um, criminals fundamentally obviously a very bad situation both for the ads whose money is completely wasted uh, and the um, general populace who's and publishers who were missing out on this legitimate ad revenue that could have been going to real uh, news publishers but was instead going um, basically down the toilet so Brand safety and the brand safety technologies, they're a way for advertisers to ensure that they're appearing next to the right kind of content and they're not serving ads next to anything that's talking about terrorism or on torrent sites or on porn sites or anything like that. We met back at DigiDay Publishing Summit back in uh, Dubrovnik at the start of this virus. And uh, and I guess we'll touch on the coronavirus um, further down in in this conversation. But what are some of the most random keywords and uh, kind of blocked words that are out there? So we see everything, and that's uh, one of the one of the ways that brands ensure that they're not appearing next to um, unsafe content is they basically look for a list of keywords on a particular page and make sure that if that keyword appears, they don't uh, serve their ad there. Um, so there's all the usual stuff that people are looking to block, sex, drugs, violence, um, pornography. Uh, and then there are specific things that people are worried about um, and maybe haven't removed from their keyword block list. So we think, see things like Mel B and Peppa Pig uh, and horse meats and 
a host of other particular things that are obviously make sense to somebody at some point in time when uh, they've added this to this keyword block list. But now no one understands why they're on there and uh, blocking a whole lot of very legitimate Peppa Pig content. Absolutely. My daughter's a massive fan of that at the moment. I think I've seen every uh, every episode of every season about three times over during this <laughs> lockdown so far, which is always quite interesting. When these, so we just talked, uh, obviously, with brand safety, why they're doing it. They, they're using a, um, a keyword blot list to um, tag up these, these, these sites and make sure that the ads are not um, put into the into these into these pages into these articles whatever that might be so they can ensure that they are uh, in inverted commas brand safe. Um, why wouldn't they just go and delete some of these keywords? Is it is it not a trivial thing to do? Because there's so much um, I guess inherent risk associated with um, appearing next to the wrong content, and the wrong content kind of means a lot of different things. And there's obviously torrent sites and pornography and all this stuff, which which are kind of illegal or unsuitable, unsavory activities um, or, or sites. Then there's also news sites and brands definitely don't want to appear next to a breaking news story that's covering a piece of terrorism. So brands kind of maintain these block lists and they usually add things to them, but will very rarely remove them. Now, people are getting better at this. There's been a lot of um, press through the back end of 2019 where uh, brands and agencies have been better at curating these these block lists and removing things from there to ensure that they are capturing the stuff they are worried about, but not the pepper pigs. Um, but there's still a lot of unnecessary blocking, and uh, blocking against keywords is a bit of a, a blunt force tool anyway. So if you think if someone's got the word shoot on their keyword block list in an effort to block any gun crime content or appearing next to any gun crime content. They're also blocking themselves from appearing next to anything uh, in the sports section of a, of a newspaper that talks about someone uh, shooting, hitting uh, a, a shot on goal or making an attack on goal or things like this, which which appear all the time, but are perfectly safe content. And I guess taking that back a stage in an, uh, unfortunate circumstances of the, the Manchester attack, if a Manchester United or Manchester City, probably more likely to be the attacking team at the moment, were attacking, and if an article had Manchester attack or Manchester attacks the goal or whatever that might be, I'm assuming that could have been a potential blocked article for for advertisers. Yeah, and we see we see we see things um, like Manchester appearing on a lot of block lists, and we see uh, partial words like sex in Sussex, as in the Duchess of Sussex, getting flagged. Uh, Scunthorpe gets blocked. You can work that one out. And uh, there are other things where um, words are taken completely, or in the context a word is used, they are completely safe. So when uh, we at Reach were writing about Love Island at the first part of the, part of the year, back when everything was a little bit uh, more normal, um, all of the people on Love Island were variously described as uh, bombshells at one point or another. Uh, and all of the Every time a bombshell, the word bombshell was used, it was blocked because that could have been uh, used to describe something blowing up. That's not a good thing to do, especially with all the press that um, uh, was out there about Love Island, uh, for example, uh, in that in that situation. Absolutely. Um, what does this mean for advertisers, and what does this mean for publishers in these situations? Basically, we've got we've got to the situation where um, advertisers uh, are using these pieces of technology with the absolute best will in the world to make sure that they appear next to suitable content, and agencies are using this on on brands' behalf, but. Has a has a an effect on publishers because publishers are producing what they consider to be 
um, a lot of perfectly safe content uh, that is getting blocked for the wrong reason. And publishers understand that not every piece of content that they are writing about or publishing is suitable for a brand to advertise next to. Um, and they take steps to prevent people from advertising next to a, a breaking news story. And this is always the one people discuss, a breaking news story about terrorism. Most publishers in the UK will put a moratorium on advertising around that particular uh, that content as it's being published. So it's the, it's the other stuff. It's the sports content that's being blocked for attack or shot. Uh, it's the it's the entertainment content that's being blocked for a bombshell or to, um, in, uh, speaking about nude lipstick. Uh, this is the stuff that publishers rely on to be able to monetize almost every single article in these sections that they write, so they can fund high quality journalism and news. And in the in the world we're living in at the moment, where um, coronavirus is is the only story in the world, and people are relying on news sources more than ever. Um, that it's becoming increasingly difficult to fund that journalism because so much of the content that publishers are writing about is being blocked for advertising because people, advertisers, um, have applied a, a, a broad block on any appearing next to any piece of coronavirus or COVID-19 content. And that's what we're seeing though, right? We're seeing um, a huge increase in views of the articles, in views on the page, eyes on that page. Um, we're seeing... Um, potentially more people reading and subscribing to journalism as well. However, despite those um, those those eyes on the page, we're seeing a lot less in terms of ad revenue. Uh, one, obviously, advertisers are pulling budgets. Uh, I totally understand that half, but is the other half down to this this brand safety and advertisers not advertising next to articles with coronavirus uh, in it? Yeah, absolutely. We. Um... We see brands uh, have applied these blocks um, and they're using these brand safety blocking tools uh, and they were never uh, built for a situation like this where there's one story in the world. Uh, it's, there's a huge amount of content being written about coronavirus. Some of it is absolutely unsafe. Anything that's talking about the death and suffering that the virus is causing, and that's a lot of the content, that is something that no brand is going to be happy to appear next to. But there's a huge amount of content that publishers are writing about that does relate to coronavirus, but is discussing government fiscal stimulus or clap for heroes uh, or school closures, kind of neutral and positive content about the new world we're living in currently that would be suitable for brands to advertise next to. Now, one of the things we're able to do with Mantis, because we are not relying on keywords, where we're kind of reading the text of a page identifying if it's a positive or negative sentiment, looking if it's uh, discussing death, suffering, lack of PPE, or any of these sensitive and unpleasant topics. Um, and we can distinguish between the negative content around coronavirus and the neutral and positive content. Yeah, so that means, I guess, that uh, you're able to help publishers, and I'm assuming you're doing this with some of your reach uh, uh, articles and your reach uh, brands at the moment, is um, being able to monetize some of these situations, enabling advertisers to advertise against some of these articles where, as you said, they're, they're neutral and positive content, be that a school closure, be that a, um, a, a something about, I don't know, the local area which, which talks about that, or as you say, clap for, uh, clap for carers and the NHS. 
Um, is that something that you're you're able to help and implement with at the moment? Yeah, this is something we've rolled out uh, across uh, reach titles, and we're running with some advertisers at the moment. Um, as you say, a lot of advertisers have pulled budget because uh, people can't get into stores, um, but there are a lot of, of companies that are still operating um, at the moment, uh, and they are running advertising campaigns, and they are particularly sensitive around what they're appearing next to, because if you're still operating at the moment, you're probably doing quite well out of it, but you definitely don't want to be seen as if you're profiteering on the on the unhappy situation that we find ourselves in. So um, we are, Mantis has rolled out what we call a COVID safe um, uh, rule set across reach titles, and it's something we are partnering with uh, Xander uh, and Ozone Group uh, and Newsworks Publishers to roll out across other news brands in the UK uh, at the moment. And that will be available for um, agencies and advertisers to to buy against uh, in the coming weeks. Nice. That's very exciting. And obviously, it's a, it's a, it's an expansion for something that came, I guess, through that uh, partnership of IBM and, and Reach at the beginning. Um, how did this idea come about? How did, uh, how did Mantis kind of take off in the first place? We as a publisher uh, have, have been um, almost beholden to the brand safety blocking that's been applied on the buy side. Uh, and brands have always challenged publishers or have recently challenged publishers to take control and responsibility for brand safety so that brands can trust where they're going to advertise next to. Um, so we, this is a way for Reach to put our money where our mouth is uh, and to build our own brand safety solution. What we wanted to do was evolve and uh, iterate on the current technology uh, and not fall into some of the same traps that uh, are, are currently affecting publishers. So that's why we went down the path with uh, IBM because IBM allows us to uh, really understand what a piece of text is about and use that to inform the advertising decisions. Our motivation there is to help publishers in the UK, largely news publishers, but across the rest of the world as well, open up a larger pool of trusted and brand safe inventory for advertisers to buy against. With regards of what you're doing, um, I could talk about this for hours because uh, I'm a technical geek at heart, but um, with regards to the um, um, the technology itself, when it deploys, does it read every article? Does it make decisions before they're published to a website? How does that kind of work with Mantis? Yeah, we, um, we, we plug directly into a publisher's uh, content management system. So there's no lag between when a journalist publishes a piece of content and when we have uh, categorized it as safe or unsafe uh, with Mantis. Uh, and that's, that's really powerful because there's no window of risk uh, for an advertiser. Uh, if we say it is safe or unsafe, then they know that that categorization has occurred on the moment something has actually been pushed out for people to read. Some of the existing tools, there is a bit of a lag between something being published and it being scanned, uh, and that can cause a, a window of risk. And we've tried to reduce that down as much as possible. And this is all part of the process of building trust with with brands and advertisers. It's very interesting and obviously um, uh, it's something that, that maybe some of the listeners want to look into in a bit more. If they want to find out more about Mantis and, and the, the work you're doing uh, alongside uh, Reach and uh, with both Reach and uh, IBM, how do, how do they do that? Uh, they can reach out to us. We are speaking a lot to um, most of the uh, publishers in the UK at the moment. Uh, and we are also speaking to uh, agencies and advertisers. 
So we are running activity via uh, Mantis across, across reach titles and other publishers will become available soon. So reach out to us and we'll be able to uh, take you through exactly how the product works, show you some of the, the cool things we can do with the natural language understanding that Watson provides uh, and exactly how we build out a specific rule set for a brand or a agency group. I was going to ask you a uh, question then. Oh, how does Watson work? But I think that might get a bit complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, that's great. Have you got a website? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, mantisintelligence.com. Perfect. Pop that into Google, find out, uh, have a look, uh, check out more about Ben and uh, what the team are doing over there at Mantis and uh, and find out there. Look, Ben, um, from, from, from a kind of conversation regarding brand safety, um, that's a huge insight and it's it's a good uh, I like to call these lightning interviews or lightning talks on, on the on what it is it gives an intro it gives a nice overview of what we're talking about um, I got a couple of random questions with, for you at the end um, which I like to ask all the guests that are on the Zephyr podcast sessions um, the first one <laughs> is <laughs> if uh, I'm create I'm curating a uh, Zephyr playlist it's uh trying to have upbeat feel good music um and i'm gonna just post this out on social media on a, on a kind of a spotify playlist if i asked you for one song uh to to add to that playlist what would it be uh upbeat music you can go with uh william onyabor fantastic man there we go it's a bit of 1970s afro beat Nice. I'll uh, I'll definitely add that to the list. And secondly, uh, pretend we're in London. Uh, you've just finished uh, work on uh, uh, what, what day is it today? Friday. Friday uh, afternoon. Um, uh, um, we're meeting up for a beer or a drink at a bar. Um, what would be your drink of choice? Uh, at this stage of my life, I would uh, do almost anything for a, for a very cold pint <laughs> of international cooking lager. <laughs> Any anything served over a bar at this stage would be wonderful. <laughs> Just any any cold beer. That's uh, no, that's that's good. I like that. And uh, look, from me, thank you very much for being on the session today, um, and uh, much appreciated for all the listeners. Please get in touch with Ben if you're interested to learn more. And uh, uh, it's been great having you on the show and great talking to you during this uh, strange period of time. Thanks, Scott.